1: The Money Pit is presented by Quick and Home Advisor. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And we are here to help you with your home improvement, or maybe more appropriately this month, your home decor projects. But help yourself first, pick up the phone and call us right now at one. 1- 888 money pit 888-666-3974. Leslie, it would seem that a lot of folks are trying to get uh, last-minute decor jobs done right around this time of year. Is it always such a crush?
2: Oh, yes. I mean, I think everybody wants the house to look great because this is when you have a lot of people coming over. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And not only do they want it to look great, they want it to be clean. So coming up this hour with all the cleaning on, we thought we would give you some help by tackling one of the harder surfaces to get clean, and that's tile floors. You know, it never looks as good as the day it gets put down, right? And it becomes instantly like disgusting grout color after that. So we're going to give you some quick cleaning tips to help you get that tile bright and clean in no time at all.
2: And imagine a leak so bad it can collapse the ceiling of the floors below and pretty much ruin all the furnishings. It happens a lot, but it can be avoided with a $20 part. We'll tell you what that is in just a bit.
1: And another common danger this time of year, fire. I mean, between the extension cords for light displays and all the candles and the decorations, there's a lot to keep track of. We're going to help you stay safe with some simple tips. So give us a call right now because it all starts with you. The number is one 888 Pit, or post your question to the Money Pit's community page at MoneyPit.com. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first?
2: Jennifer in Missouri, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a
3: rental house that is a basement home and it has a concrete patio that is rather large, probably around 12 feet long by 8 foot wide. The house has been built several years ago, and over the course of time, um, the concrete patio has gotten pitted. um, It looks like from the use of rock salt to melt the ice and snow off of it. And I didn't know, just because of the size of the patio, um, I'm guessing it's going to be pretty costly to replace it. I didn't know if I had any other options.
1: Yeah, you do. And this is a perfect scenario for this. QuickCrete makes a product called Concrete Resurfacer, and it's specifically designed for scenarios like this. You can apply this resurfacer to the entire slab, and it's designed to stick to it and fill in those... Pock marks and those little gaps, and it will give it a whole new look. It'll look like a brand new slab, but it will resurface it completely. Wow, that's great. What is it called? It's made by QuickCrete and it's called a concrete resurfacer. It's basically a blend of Portland cement and sand and polymers, and the polymers and the other additives basically set it up so it can stick to the original concrete. There is a preparation. You have to pressure wash it first to get it nice and clean. But once you apply this, you can basically squeegee it or trowel it on and you can use a brush finish so it gets that nice sort of slip resistant finish when you're all done.
3: That's great news. I didn't realize there was anything like that. So thank you.
1: Specifically designed for this project. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Jesse in Michigan, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Um,
4: I have a question about the laundry pump setup that's in my basement right now. Um, the current setup has our washing machine draining into a laundry tub, and the laundry tub drains into a, a sump pump that sits inside a bucket that sits just on top of the basement floor, and the sump pump pumps it up into the main drain line that extends out of the house. Uh, I've got my eyes on a new gray water pump that I'd like to replace um, the sump pump with, and the gray water pump has a vent location that says it has to be connected to a vent system for the pump to operate correctly. And so I'm wondering if that vent system, like, do so I have to somehow connect that to the main event stack in the house, or can I just hook up a, some sort of new vent system in the basement? Um, I'm a little unclear on what to do with that aspect of
1: it. Okay, so first of all, the entire assembly that you just described to us is not done correctly. You know, you're not supposed to be draining... Laundries into sumps in any way, shape or form, your idea of putting in a gray water pump, however, is the right way to go and then of course, you would discharge the the washing machine into that gray water pump. It would be float actuated and it would lift the water up high enough to drop it into the main waste system for the house. And yes, it is supposed to be vented as well. And the vent would, in most cases, connect with the stack vent for the house. Although there is a type of ball vent that could be used and not connect where it would just let air in but not gases out. So there are two ways to do that.
4: Okay. Uh, the main vent stack in the house it seems to be pretty much inaccessible. There is no opening that I seem to be able to tap into it. So, um, can you tell me again what the other type of valve was that I can look for?
1: It's technically known as a known as an air admittance valve, and basically it lets air in, but it doesn't like let gases out. Okay,
4: and so I can simply just have that exist in the basement space, and that will allow the, the pump to function properly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. I
1: appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Muddy Pit.
2: Tristan, and I was on the line with the flooring question. What can we do for you today? It's going to be um, laying
3: down a laminate flooring. What is the most easiest way of
2: doing it?
1: The easiest way to do this, laminate floor is a good place to start because laminate floor doesn't is not a floor that needs to be glued together. It usually locks together. The joints on the boards usually snap together. So what you wanna do, is this a fairly square room that you're working in or is it an oddly shaped room? Well, I
3: mean, I I gotta cut and measure, but for the most part it is square.
1: So what you wanna do is just be conscious of where the seams on the flooring are going to end up. Because if you find the middle of the room, you'll start from there and you'll work out. But what you want to avoid is to have the boards that are up against the wall to be really narrow, like one-inch strips or two- or three-inch strips. So you want to decide whether you're going to start these seams right in the middle of the room or overlap with the first piece so that when you get to the edges of the wall, they're kind of even. And then the next thing is, um, since they all kind of lock together... You're going to leave a little bit of a gap, and like maybe a quarter of an inch between the edge of the laminate floor and the wall or baseboard molding itself. And then you're going to use a second piece of molding on top of that, like a quarter round or a shoe molding, to cover that seam. This allows the floor to expand and contract. And depending on the type of floor you purchase, some of them have an underlayment built into the panel itself, and in other cases you put down an underlayment first, which could be like a very, very thin layer of foam. It helps to give the floor a little bit of give and comfort.
2: Well that's good to know. Thank you so
1: much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for us at 888 Pit.
2: You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com or call us at 888-MONEYPIT. Presented by HomeAdvisor. They really have the best local pros for any home service.
1: That's right. It doesn't matter what the project is. They make it fast and easy to find top rated pros. There's also no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. Find out for yourself at homeadvisor.com. Up next, lots of cleaning going on this month with all the holiday visits happening. And one of the tougher surfaces to get clean is a tile floor. We're going to have some quick cleaning tips to help after this.
2: Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
1: Lock this special offer in right now by going to com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONYPIT.
5: The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com.
1: Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, or post your question to the Money Pits community. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question.
2: And hey, if you reach out now by phone or the community section, you may just win everything you need to get a head start on building a patio or walkway next spring, because from QuickCrate, we're giving away the Walkmaker Building Form Prize Pack worth 80 bucks. I mean, think about this as like a baking project for your backyard, am I right? Yep. You get a mold, you fill it up with the concrete mix, you add all the color in and float it out, let it cure pop it out and you have an amazing sort of cobblestone walkway piece and you just keep building them all winter long and making all your little cakes, if you will. And at the end of the time, when you've got spring season right in your hands, you just put them all out and make a huge patio. Think of how many you could make <laughs> in this winter that, season.
1: You make it sound so attractive and a fun winter project as well.
2: <laughs> it's a good way to stay indoors.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, those quick products are going out to one listener drawing at random. Make that you. Call us right now at one Money Pit 888 Six six three nine seven four.
2: Jeffrey in Louisiana is on the line. What can we do for you?
6: Uh, being that live in Louisiana, you know a lot of moisture content in the air.
1: We've heard that. <laughs> yeah,
6: I, I and after saying that, I, in the west side of my house, inside, I've noticed that my tape and float, along with my sheetrock, is just basically coming off the walls. Uh, I've had moisture content uh, uh, test done on my sheetrock, and there is none. It's only on one side of my house. And I can't figure out why. I'm a construction worker. I have been for 35 years, and I can't figure out why my sheetrock is curling on.
1: So, did you say paint was coming off the sheetrock?
6: It, what's happening is when the tape and float comes up, it brings the paint with it. Of course.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So the tape is separating. Oh, yeah. Well, geez, I, I just want. I wonder if. I wonder if the guys that did that tape work just did a bad job or used some bad spackle or something like that. That shouldn't be happening.
6: Well, maybe that's so. You know, I, I thought that too. But once I got it all. You know, remodeled and everything, it did it again. Just on that side of the house, I even deemed it one time as being settling in the house, and I even had uh, some of my guys come out and measure and only settled an inch in within the last two years. So that can't be the problem.
1: Let's assume that there's something there's something wrong with that uh, with the adhesion issue there. And one thought that I might have, especially since the old walls in such bad shape, what, why don't you do this? How much work would it be for you to skin those walls with a second layer of drywall? But not a half inch. I would use quarter inch drywall. So very thin drywall. And you can uh, overlap the joints. I would glue it and screw it to the wall. So now you have a clean, brand new, fresh set of drywall upon which you can tape the seams properly, prime it, and paint it. And And that surely would be a one-time fix that wouldn't have to be repeated. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- Money Pit. 888
2: Joan in Missouri, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you? I have a small 8x10 outbuilding, and I'd like to use it for a craft shop, a craft studio,
3: but I need to heat it to make sure the paint doesn't freeze in the winter. Also, I need it to, you know, be a functional temperature. So I'm not really sure how to go about that.
1: Okay. So first of all, can you get gas lines to this particular building so that you can use a gas heater? That would be doable. It would be doable. I mean the other option is propane.
3: Propane, yeah. We're we're not allowed to have propane Where I live in town.
1: Okay, so I mean, if you can get natural gas lines run to that particular building, then what I would use is a gas furnace, and I would heat it the same way I would heat a house. Now, if it's if it's one, is it one open space?
3: Yeah, it's just a little tiny little building.
1: So if it's one open space, you can probably put a a small wall heater, gas-fired wall heater, in there and insulate it as best you can, and I think that will be enough to keep it warm.
3: Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. Thanks a lot.
1: Well, lots of cleaning going on this month with all the holiday visits that are happening. And one of the tougher surfaces to get clean is a tile floor. Have you ever noticed that the tile floors almost never look as good as the day you put them down?
2: True. So we've rounded up some tips on how to remove the top six most stubborn stains from ceramic tile. First of all, gum, wax, random sticky substances. I feel like we're in my home as we're writing this and we're talking about (laughs) it. So this is what you have to do because who knows what the heck that gunk is. But here's the way to get rid of it place ice cubes in a resealable plastic bag and then lay that ice pack on top of whatever that sticky stain is and leave it there until that sticky residue is solidified then carefully chip it away using a popsicle stick or something truly that just will not scratch the tile and that does the trick now next up is blood i'm not going to ask how it got there But whatever it is, for whatever reason, let's talk about how to get rid of it. Bleach really is the key here. You want to mix up, though, a diluted solution, and that's going to lift the stain. But you do have to make sure you rinse that bleach away from the tile very thoroughly. Now, here's another one that happens all the time. Coffee, tea, juices. Make sure you wash that stain first, otherwise you end up with that sticky substance. But... Wash that stain first with detergent and soap, and then use some of that same diluted bleach to lift the stain by blotting or dabbing. I mean, that's really the best way to get rid of that.
1: Now, if you've got a stain that's caused by grease or fat, that you have to treat a little differently. You want to mix up a non-abrasive floor cleaner like, say, soft scrub. Mix it with club soda or carbonated water, then work it into the stain, and then rinse. Now, if you're unlucky enough to have to remove ink or clothing dye, diluted bleach will help here too. But you can step up the strength by soaking a cloth in that bleach solution and then place it right on top of the ink stain and leave it in place until the stain has dissolved. And then you want to rinse it really well. And then finally, nail polish. If you happen to spill some nail polish... You want to use a little nail polish remover to lift the nail polish off. But if the stain remains on the tile, that diluted bleach solution can come in handy too. Just dab it until the color lifts. Now, we have got a complete list of all of these tips online right now at moneypit.com. Just check out our post, Tips for Spotless Tile Floors.
2: Carolyn, Ohio's on the line with a ventilation question. What can we do for you?: I've had a, a yeah, plumber in just uh, about a month ago, and uh, the pipe that
3: goes, the ventilation pipe that goes from your sewer line all the way to the to the roof, and he says that it's leaking now the, the house is about fifty two years old, something of that nature, and now it's not leaking like now, but he said i I, I don't understand how he re- how he got the idea that it was leaking.
1: When you say leaking, does he mean leaking water, as in a plumbing leak, or leaking, as in a roof leak?
3: I'm not sure about that because, but the roof is the roof is uh, probably about ten years old that, uh, that's been on there.
1: Have you seen any stains underneath the um, underneath the ceiling, right where that pipe goes over the bathroom? Do you see stains at the bathroom ceiling?
3: No, there's none in the, there's none in there's none inside the house. Uh, but but he was looking at the pipe from the basement. The the, the leak that he repaired there was from a another p- pipe that, um, and he repaired that. And he said that he thought maybe that, that had been leaking. But uh, there's no uh, there's no sign of water from from the ceiling or any on the floor. You know, above the pipe there or anything.
1: Well, look, if you've got no evidence of a leak, he's got to be more specific. I can tell you that those vent pipes typically do leak at the roof because there's a rubber gasket. That is part of the flashing system. And, and over time, you know, especially over ten years, it's going to crack and break and, and separate from the pipe, and sometimes you get water that sort of leaks in there. It, they almost never leak from from a plumbing problem, like a break in the joint because from the bathroom, uh, they go straight up to the roof. So there's really not a good place for them to leak, maybe an elbow. But I mean, you would see that, you know, you would see some staining or, or something. There'd be some evidence of it. So I would ask the plumber to, you know, be a little more specific about what exactly is leaking before you turn over your checkbook. You know what I mean? Yes.
3: Yes. In other words, maybe I should have someone to check the the roof to see if it, if the uh, seal around that is broken or something
1: well, but yeah, but if you 're not seeing you would see leaks stains in the ceiling of the of the uh, bathroom i mean i 've seen this uh, you know more than a hundred times, and I can tell you if that seal is split, the water's going to go right down that pipe, hug that pipe, and probably drip off into the ceiling so i mean sure it 's a good idea to always inspect your roof but I'm just not. You're not telling me anything that that makes me think. Oh, absolutely. You've got a you've got a leak there.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's that's a really a good news to me because I was concerned because he said that if that pipe had to be replaced, it would have to be replaced from the from the basement all the way to the top of the house.
1: Do you trust this plumber?
3: You know, he was. It's the plumber. The company is an old uh, company here in Canton, and they they seem to be very good. And and I know of other people that have had them. But I don't, know, I don't know what his problem was that day that he saw that.
1: Yeah, it's not sounding right to me. I mean, it's very rare to, to have to have any reason to replace a vent pipe because a vent pipe carries air. It doesn't carry right, water. Right. It carries water you know, down from the toilet down, but it carries air basically from the toilet up.
3: Okay. And then, well, that's what I told him. I, says, I said, there's no water that comes down through that." I said, "And but he says, well, there's could be rain or something of that nature.'" But I thought, "Well,
1: that you know. uh, that's now it's even sounding even more like the guy's looking for a job."
3: Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that.
1: All right, good luck. Thank Carol. you. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You know, look, Leslie, if the guy's got a if, the if she's got a problem, then. It's got to be fixed, but I've never heard of a pipe like that leaking in that in that way, and certainly uh, not when uh, when rain comes into the pipe. I mean, certainly rain could get around the pipe, but not into it. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel.
2: Up next, imagine a leak so bad it can collapse the ceiling of the floor below and pretty much ruin all the furnishings. It happens a lot, but it can be avoided with a $20 part. We'll tell you what it is next.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business
5: The Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling. The feeling that you're safe to enjoy the things that matter most. ADT lets you take that feeling with you. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, home safe home
1: making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Hope you're having a great holiday. We'd love to chat with you about projects you're planning for your home, perhaps for the year ahead. The number is one 888 Pit 888-666-3974. Or post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com.
2: Joe in Missouri, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today?
6: Yes, I have a... um a stone fireplace. It's a natural stone over a block frame or whatever you call it. And some of the mortar is coming out. I'm I'm getting some uh, water into my basement. I think from where the wa- mortar is cracked. And I had an individual, a mason, come out and look at it, and he gave me a price of about eight thousand dollars to correct this. And I can't. Uh, I wondered if there was something, you know, that possibly we could do. Our sales.
1: What is he proposing to do for eight grand? Um, Take it all off and start put it all back up. So he's going to basically take the whole wall apart and put it back together again. It it sounds to me like, from what you're saying, that it's just that the the mortar is deteriorating between the stone, and when that happens, usually the cure is to repoint it, not to rebuild it completely. Is he seeing something that's so bad it has to be completely rebuilt?
6: Well, I don't think so. I think it's just. he just acts like it all needs to come off to to go back anew.
1: Maybe he just maybe he just needs to sell you a, a, a project uh, that that size and scope and maybe it doesn't need to come off. So listen, what you normally would do if you have deteriorated mortar between uh, brick or, or stone or block is you chip out the old mortar, just the loose stuff, and then you repoint it pointing mix is is, a, is sort of a thicker types of mortar mix that has good adhesion, and then a mason would repoint those surfaces. The last thing once you get that all done that you can do is you could put a masonry sealer on it. And the type of masonry sealer you want is one that's silicone-based and vapor permeable. And the reason you say vapor permeable is because it needs to breathe. This way, moisture won't get trapped underneath the surface and then freeze and and then chip off that, uh, that surface of that stone. But I, don't, I can't imagine why you would want to tear the whole thing down unless there's something that I don't know based on what he saw. And, and if there was, he should have been very clear with explaining to you why he's prescribing this very expensive repair for your, for your house.
6: So two things. Um, what about how do you get it, the mortar to stay in between and not fall back in the void behind the stone?
1: Uh, masons do that when they repoint and there's trowels that are specifically designed for this that are basically the size of a mortar joint. So I just pack it in. It's detail work, but it can be done.
6: Okay. And on these, on the uh, sealer, do you seal everything or just try to seal the mortar?
1: No, you seal everything.
6: Okay. So you just spray it, or with like a, uh, um, a pump up sprayer or something then.
1: Um well you would yeah you can use a pump up sprayer that's true. You could do that. Or you can use a paint sprayer, one or the other. That sounds like it's very doable. All right. Well good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Imagine a leak so bad that it collapses the ceiling of the floor below and then ruins all of your furnishings. You know, it happens a lot, but it can be avoided with a $20 part. Wondering what that part is? It's the hose that feeds the water to your washing machine.
1: Yep, that's right. It's a problem that has caused homeowners countless heartaches for many years. For one reason, you know, manufacturers have always shipped those new machines with rubber washing machine hoses. The problem is that the rubber wears out, the hoses crack, they form blisters, and eventually they break. And when that happens, they dump thousands of gallons of water onto the floor below and below that, and below that, and you get the idea. It's a big stinking mess.
2: Oh my gosh, and so much damage. I mean, so much more dollars than a $20 part. So the best way to prevent this is to remove the washer's rubber hoses and replace them with the braided stainless steel hoses. Now, that cost is about 20 bucks, but they almost never break. So shut off the washer supply valves and remove and replace those old rubber hoses with stainless. It really is such an easy DIY project.
1: Now, if you want to take it one step further, you can think about adding a single lever shutoff valve to the washer supply. This makes it really easy to turn the water on and off. And I got to tell you, Leslie, I spent 20 years as a professional home inspector. And if I've ever uh, inspected a house that they had one of those valves, the homeowner or the homeowner before that always had a problem with a broken hose. And they put that in as part of the solution. Universally, if you've had a broken hose, you always put in a washer supply valve and turn it off between loads. So don't wait for that to happen. Learn from past mistakes. Get the braided hoses, put in the wash supply valve. It's easy to turn on and turn off between loads. and You'll never have to worry about coming home to water pouring out your front door.
2: Just ahead, fires are a pretty common danger this time of year. Between all the extension cords for those lighting displays and candles as decorations, there really is a lot to keep track of. We're going to help you stay safe with some simple tips next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water.
1: That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue.
5: Do you like tools? Do you like cash prizes? Then you'll love Arrow Fastener's 10 Weeks of Awesome Sweepstakes. Sign up for the 10 Weeks of Awesome at arrowfastener.com and you're in. Each week through mid December, Arrow is giving away $1,000 cash to one lucky winner, plus 100 winners of an arrow tool. That's one cash prize winner and 100 tool winners every week for 10 weeks. Staple guns, glue guns, rivet tools. The Arrow 10 Weeks of Awesome Sweepstakes. Enter today at arrowfastener.com. No purchase necessary. Arrow, how it all comes together.
1: Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling. Whether you're at home, your business, or online, ADT helps keep you safe with security systems, home automation, alarms, and surveillance, so you can feel at home, wherever you are. Go to ADT.com to get that feeling. ADT Home Safe Home. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought
6: forth on this continent fine handcrafted cigars, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to locally hand-roasted gourmet coffee, that all men are created to enjoy hand-cast and finished collectibles from Gettysgear. Give the gift of great gear, celebrating the spirit of Gettysburg. Visit us today at Gettysgear.com. That's Gettysgear.com.
2: Millions of homeowners trust Tom and I to give them advice on home projects. But when it comes to hiring someone, we trust HomeAdvisor to find top-rated local home improvement pros.
1: That's right. Whether it's unclogging the sink or remodeling the kitchen, HomeAdvisor matches you to background-check pros who can do the job.
2: HomeAdvisor can help get the house ready for the holidays. You can check thousands of verified reviews, compare prices, and book appointments online.
1: And it's free to use. Start your holiday projects at HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app.
5: Filtrete brand is the most trusted brand of HVAC air cleaner filters on the market today. Filtreat brand offers a full line of vacuum bags, belts, and filters key to keeping your vacuum running like new. Capturing dirt, dust, and allergens in your home. Made to fit nearly all brands and models of vacuum cleaners, HEPA filters trap 99.97% of allergens, including dander, molds, and pollen. Replace Filtreat vacuum bags every one to two months and filters every three to six months for clean indoor air. Available online and at retailers nationwide. The Money Pit is brought to you by Arrow Fastener. Sign up for Arrow's exciting 10 Weeks of Awesome sweepstakes at arrowfastener.com. Each week, Arrow is giving away $1,000 cash and 100 hand tools. Enter the 10 Weeks of Awesome today at arrowfastener.com. No purchase necessary. Arrow, how it all comes together.
1: Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Give us a call right now with your home improvement or home repair question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Whether you're buying a house, selling a house, or just enjoying the house you have, we are here for you every step of the way. Presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right probe for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. And speaking of small repairs or small updates, we've got a great set of prizes we're giving away this hour from our friends at QuickCrete.
2: Yeah, that's right. We've got the Walkmaker Building Form Prize Pack worth 80 bucks. Now, the Walkmaker, it's a reusable plastic mold in a cobblestone pattern. So you can make a patio or a pathway. I mean, pretty much you're limited to only your imagination and how many of these forms you want to make. It's really fun and easy to do. You just lay the mold down, fill with a single bag of Quickcrete crack-resistant concrete mix, trowel the finish, remove the mold, use it over and over and over again. You can build that walkway in no time flat. You can customize it with Quickcrete liquid cement colors. Now the form itself retails for twenty bucks, but we're throwing in a whole bunch of Quick Repair products to make it a prize pack worth eighty dollars. It's a great project.
1: Those Quick products are going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you pick up the phone and call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit.
2: Henry in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today?
1: Last year in December, I bought a nineteen
6: forties house built on a single story, built on a brick foundation and it previously had heating vents in the floor that were sealed off, and a heat pump was put in the attic. The initial heating bill was terrible, and I had the insulation updated in the attic. And later on in the year, I put a 21-mil vapor barrier under the crossfade. My My question is, do I still need to have fiberglass insulation that's put in the floor spaces, or is a vapor barrier enough?
1: Absolutely, you do. Vapor barriers, they're, they're, they're designed to do two different things. So the vapor barrier does just that. It keeps the moisture down low, and the insulation keeps the heat uh, in the house. So while floor heat, floor insulation is not as important as attic insulation, it is important. And so if you don't have an insulated floor, I would definitely do that. You're going to want to use unfaced fiberglass bats. I would try to make them as thick as the floor joists. So if it's a, t- a two by 10, get 10 inches of fiberglass, you're going to press them up in between the floor joists. And there's a kind of wire, sort of a wire uh, hanger that you can use to support these bats. It's like a, a, a piece of steel rod that's flexible, that's exactly as wide as the spaces between those joists, and you press it up, and it just kind of holds itself right in place there and keeps the, keeps the fiberglass bats up where they belong. Now, you mentioned something important, and that was that you have a, a heat pump, and you also mentioned that your heating bills were extremely expensive. I want to make sure you understand how a heat pump works because there is an operator error that you could make that could make that about twice as costly to operate. And that's this. A heat pump is only designed to maintain heat at a certain level. If your thermostat is set to 65 and it falls to 64 or 63 in the house, the heat pump will come on and it will supply heat. If it falls to 62 or 61, The heat pump says to itself, I can't keep up with this. I need help. And it brings up a backup system that's built into the heat pump that's straight electric resistance heat and costs more than twice as much to run as the heat pump. So if you have severe cold temperatures, your heat pump may not be able to keep up. The electric heat will come on. But what often happens is people will move their thermostat up and down and up and down because we're accustomed to using clock thermostats, right? But if you do that when you have a heat pump and you don't have a heat pump Thermostat, which moves very slowly, you will be triggering the electric heat on a regular basis and driving up your heating costs. Does that make sense? Okay, I appreciate your help. All right, Henry, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, this is the time of year where home fires increase, and candles are definitely one of the reasons. So, you want to make sure you use them safely. You don't want to leave candles burning in a room that's not attended to or, or overnight. If you're going to choose a menorah, you want to do so with a really sturdy candle holder that's not going to tip or burn. And make sure it's large enough to collect that dripping wax. Also, be very careful to keep candles away from clothing, books, and magazines or curtains, and especially pets. So many house fires are caused by pets that knock over candles by accident, and then up goes the entire house.
2: Please, everything that I think is safe on the dining table, I'll put a bouquet of flowers. I come back in a few hours. The dog has been on the table eating them. So I've decided no poinsettias this year, no candles this year. Until we get the dog. (laughs)
1: Wise, wise choice.
2: Now, it's also smart to trim candle wicks to one quarter inch before each use. And don't use pillar or taper candles once they're within two inches of the holder they're in. And finally, just consider electric candles. I mean, there are bulbs out there that flicker. They kind of look even, you know, almost exactly like an actual flame. But you get the peace of mind of, you know, not worrying about burning the house down.
1: And that's nice. That's a nice piece of mind to have. Oh, yes. 888 <laughs> 3974. We can put your mind to rest if you've got a home improvement or a decor question or project on your mind. Give us a call right now at 888 Money Pit.
2: Carrie in Alaska is dealing with a heating problem. It's cold there. What's going on? I
4: live off grid uh, with a battery bank and inverter. With a solar and generator backup to recharge batteries. Consequently, I'd, and I have a full electric house with propane direct vented furnace. My question is will installing a drop ceiling improve my heating efficiency and lower my propane bill? Because my ceilings are like vaulted at 17 feet. And a lot of the heat goes up. So I'm just wondering, it's basically a 12 by 24 foot area.
1: So Kerry, what you need to do is to not only put in that drop ceiling, but to put insulation bats above the drop ceiling. If you just put the drop ceiling in, you will not have enough R value in that drop ceiling to do the job you needed to do. So I would build the drop ceiling and then I would put probably at least 12 inch thick unfaced fiberglass bats on top of it. It should be plenty strong enough to support that. Just stacked end-to-end right above that ceiling, you're going to have to kind of put the frame in, uh, put a couple of ceiling panels in, drop some insulation in, and sort of work your way across. But if you were to put that much insulation above the drop ceiling, it will have a huge difference in your heating bill, because right now, you're spending most of that money to heat that ceiling cavity, and you've just got to keep the heat lower than that.
4: Okay, well, that's so that's good to hear. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the help there.
1: You're welcome, Carrie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Up next, butcher block countertops can be beautiful, but they can also be a germ factory if they're not properly cared for. We'll tell you what you need to know next.
6: You live in a money pit.
5: Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com.
1: Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. I'm Leslie Segretti, where we have a very active community section at MoneyPit.com. Lots of folks stopping by to post their home improvement questions and maybe chime in with an answer for someone else. Julie in Illinois has a question about her countertop, Leslie.
2: That's right. Julie writes, one of our countertops has a built-in butcher block cutting board about two feet wide. We put a new countertop, sanded down the butcher block to fresh wood. Should I apply anything to that? Someone suggested mineral oil.
1: Well, you know, butcher block is beautiful, right? I mean, it really is a nice addition to any kitchen design, but you have to keep in mind that it used to be a tree. And as a tree, it used to suck up a lot of moisture. And so, as a dead tree now, it's going to be constantly sucking up all of the oils and the fats and the food and the juices that get onto that top. So you do have to be very careful to keep it clean so it doesn't become a breeding ground for E. coli. So you got two options. Uh, first of all, you could apply a clear finish. They do make food-safe finishes, for these surfaces. If you do that, it's a lot less maintenance than option B, which is to apply a food safe oil. The oils, you are correct. Mineral oil is a good choice, but you got to make sure that it's labeled food safe. Now, you know most of us would go to the home center to find these products, but for that mineral oil, go to the pharmacy because it 's something that folks still take for various conditions. You may find it right your pharmacy shelf faster than you 'd find it uh, in the home center aisle. The oil will be easier to work with, but it 's got to be applied frequently so a good rule of thumb on this to maintain butcher block is with this this now sort of fresh and new, you want to oil it once a day for the first week and then once a week for the first month and then pretty much once a month minimum for the life of the butcher block thereafter.
2: Yeah, Julie, and going forward, keep this cutting board for things just like breads or veggies. Don't put any raw meats on there. Otherwise, you're going to have to get into a whole disinfecting phase with it. You know, all these little steps will just keep you and your family healthy and enjoying that cutting board for years to come.
1: Well, are leftovers taking over your fridge? Now is a good time to clean out and freshen up this very hardworking appliance. Leslie, I'm betting you've seen your share of leftovers left too long with those boys in the house. And you've got some great tips to help freshen the fridge in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
2: Oh, please. My house is not the problem. It's my office in the city at the studios where people just leave who knows what in those refrigerators. <laughs> but truly, guys, if you don't tend to your fridge every now and then, you're going to be sorry. You know that insulating material in your fridge is made of foam. And once that starts to absorb those foul odors, there is no way to get rid of them. Now, we've seen refrigerators that work perfectly well just getting tossed to the curb because of those forgotten leftovers that really just stink up the insides so here's the deal get in the habit of cleaning up your refrigerator spills immediately toss leftovers once a week or so check the old condiments they are dated for a reason if you're not using them you don't like them get rid of them for a fresh smelling refrigerator there's really one easy trick Empty the fridge, clean all the surfaces with a solution of water and baking soda, then soak a paper towel with vanilla extract and leave it in the fridge overnight. Come morning, you will be greeted with a fresh, delicious scent. You might be baking things a lot more because that vanilla smell makes you think of cookies and muffins and all those tasty things, but, you know, at least the fridge is clean.
1: Yeah, good point. Coming up next time on the program, if you'd like to build a new walkway or a patio with paver bricks, Well, it might seem like a pretty simple DIY project. And and frankly, it is. But it's also pretty easy to skip the most important steps needed to make sure it can stand up and not sink or settle or let the weeds grow through. We're going to have those step-by-step tips in the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm
2: Leslie Segretti.
1: Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.
2: You live in a Money
6: Pit.